0: Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, Season 2, Episode 7 of Biblical Doctrine. Now, there is little doubt among Christians that the biblical truths revealed in Scripture concerning the Holy Spirit are critical to the Christian worldview. Today, we'll journey through the fundamental biblical beliefs of the Almighty Eternal God in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. He is in complete union with the power of the Godhead, yet distinct in his duties. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and you are listening to Brandon Band, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through the agencies of man, but by the grace of God. Let us pray. Holy and merciful Father in heaven, praise be to your name above all things. Use us as you will today, Father, to bring glory and honor to your name. Teach us the ways of your Holy Spirit, who you have sent to indwell all who believe, who strengthens our faith in the cause of Christ and sanctifies us to eternal life. Now, we come joyfully to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Very significant. This is a set of beliefs which applies the redemptive work of God through the Christ Jesus by the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The significance of this doctrine cannot be overstated, as the work of the Spirit is central to the personal relationship every believer develops with God. So to begin, it is important for us to understand that the Holy Scripture does not offer clarity concerning the Holy Spirit as it does concerning the Father and the Son. This appears to be due in part to the duties the Spirit has to perform. But that being said, let us approach our message here from the perspective of who God has revealed Himself to be. He is Almighty and Sovereign, whose nature and ability are far beyond our comprehension. Prophet Isaiah concerning God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Very significant part of that is, my thoughts are greater than your thoughts. So to touch briefly on the nature of God, we must acknowledge that he is triune in nature. He is one being, God is one being, existing as three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, all equal in divine attributes, yet distinct in duties. Now, existing, existing as three persons, the word existing is a loose term when we speak of God because God's being is determined only by himself and not any other force. Mankind, of course, is the opposite of that. Our being is dependent on God. So, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit addresses the third distinct person of the one God. Very important in this understanding. So, first let us turn to the person of the Holy Spirit as it's described in the Bible. Now, the Bible's frequent references to the person of the Holy Spirit indicates that the Holy Spirit is an individual and not a thing floating around or some sort of mystical, magical power. And one determining factor is how the Bible often refers to the Holy Spirit with the use of masculine pronouns such as he or him, but not with the neutral pronoun of it. For example, from the Apostle Paul, we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Indicating the person of the Spirit. Again, from the Apostle John this time. When the Helper comes, these are the words from Christ. When the Helper comes, I will send you from the Father. That is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me. John chapter 15, verse 26. Again, masculine pronoun. He, a person, will testify about me. There's also a a personality that's established in Scripture, which adds to the personhood of the Holy Spirit. For instance, the Spirit teaches in John chapter 16, verse 13. He provides direction to the Apostle Philip in Acts chapter 8, verse 29. He is sent by Jesus to comfort in John chapter 14, verse 26. He provides strength in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 and many more. Now, one interesting aspect of the personality of the Holy Spirit is found in John chapter 14, verse 6. These are the words from Christ. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. John 14, verse 6. Now, there are two words here that suggest this is not a theoretical effect, but a personal event. Personal event. The first word is another, which indicates in the Greek that it's one of the same. It's one of the same sin in reference to Christ. So, it's another helper as Christ was. The other word is parakletos, which is translated in Greek, from the Greek, in this verse as helper. Parakletos, translated here as helper. Now this Greek word is used to describe a personal attorney or a counselor. So what you have is you have another of the same as Christ being sent as a personal counselor and someone to advocate on your behalf. In addition to the personhood of the Holy Spirit, the Bible indicates he's also fully divine and without limits in space or time. For instance, the Spirit is all-knowing from the Apostle Paul. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. The Spirit is also in all places at all times. From the Psalms. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Psalms 139, verse 7. There are, of course, many more just like this, but it is clear all throughout Scripture that the being of the Holy Spirit is omniscient and omnipresent. These are attributes of God. However, I believe there is no better account of the divinity of the Holy Spirit than the one given by Luke in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. In this account, we have a, a small Christian community forming after the ascension of Christ, and many are selling their personal possessions to help support the needs of this small community. This is the account from Luke concerning an incident in that community. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself, with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he had laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men but to God. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. The apostle Peter here was emphasizing that lying to the Spirit was the same as lying to God. Simply put, Peter indicated the Holy Spirit is God. Now, we've established the biblical truth. The Holy Spirit is a distinct person and also fully God. Now, let's examine what he has done and what he continues to do first and foremost, the Holy Spirit was an integral part of creation from Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The prophets gave testimony that their work was a display of the power of the Holy Spirit working through them. From Ezekiel, he who spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2, Pharaoh recognized the Spirit of God within Joseph for prophecy. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? Genesis chapter 41, verse 38, the Holy Spirit was provided to Gideon, a judge, for leadership. So, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and the Abazarites were called together to follow him. Judges chapter 6, verse 34. The Holy Spirit came to strengthen anointed kings. This is from 1 Samuel. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. The work of the Spirit was also significant in the ministry of the Christ Jesus. From Luke, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. For that reason, Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Jesus was joined with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Interestingly, Jesus would not tolerate blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Here is Jesus rebuking Jewish leaders from accusing him of being empowered, not by God, but by demons. Here's Jesus. If I by Beelzebub, Satan, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone, Enter the strong man's house and carry off his property, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man it shall be given, forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Matthew chapter 12, verses 27-32. through 32. Some of the most significant work of the Holy Spirit is found in the lives of Christians. It begins with our regeneration to a new life, which takes place prior to our turning to God. From the words of Jesus, truly truly i say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god john chapter 3 verse 5 jesus stated this divine truth bluntly to the jewish leader nicodemus the flesh is only capable of affecting flesh but only the spirit can affect the spirit of man again from the words of jesus that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit john chapter 3 verse 6 ah but the, the work of the spirit does not end with regeneration no his work is continual in the life of the believer the spirit empowers all believers to do his will and just prior to his ascension to heaven jesus commanded his apostles to stand by and let the father send you power from luke gathering them together he commanded them not to leave jerusalem but to wait for what the father had promised which he said you heard from me for john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 and then again in verse 8 he adds but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in jerusalem And in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus also promised the Spirit would come and reside within all who believe, guiding both soul and mind. I will ask the Father, Jesus said, and he will give you another helper, and he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 7. Jesus also promised that the Holy Spirit would teach and guide believers, again, from the words of Jesus. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and bring to you remembrance all that I said to you. John chapter 14, verse 26. But one of the most significant works of the Holy Spirit within the life of every believer is his intervention on our behalf. From the Apostle Paul, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Saints being believers. That's from Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27. Now I'm going to postpone the discussion here on the work of the Holy spirit in providing special gifts. It's a significant aspect of scripture. It's a very involved topic that requires the correct understanding of the text as it was intended for the original audience. But for the moment, I would say this concerning spiritual gifts. No matter what your thoughts are concerning the gifts of the Spirit, we must fully accept that they are not by any means a product of our own accomplishments. This is very important for us to realize. They are provided only in accordance to His will and His purpose. Very humbling for Christians. So there is much to be said of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit as contained in the Holy Scripture. This was a simple summary of the biblical truth concerning the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Folks, the person and work of the Holy Spirit adds to the work of our Lord, the Christ Jesus. It adds to it. Christ came by the grace of God to strengthen us through his death and atonement. Now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who is fully God, all believers can live lives for the cause of Christ and ultimately to the glory of God alone. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe. Encourage others to subscribe as well. We will continue to take great joy in providing you with biblical truths each and every week. God bless you all. Next up on Brand of Man, we will discuss and examine the greatest concept in the life of a Christian, the doctrine of salvation.